with the huge impact uh, Nigeria made uh, of having eight or nine Nigerian-born or players of Nigerian descent making it into the NBA draft, which was the highest from any foreign country um, in that draft. So today, I'll be joined, or I am joined by Amos Joseph. He is the convener uh, of the Footballers Connect, um, an initiative that is set up to help, guide, and assist young footballers and even the older ones as well to navigate the tough terrain of making transfers to within Africa and outside Africa or to Europe and to avoid some of the pitfalls that some of these. Um, this huge migration to quote-unquote greener pastures uh, bring about. Amos, welcome to 90 and Extra. Uh, thank you so much, um, Yemi, for the invite. Uh, it's good to be on this platform. Um, I mean, you, men you made mention of uh, the last episode where uh, the likes of Olawali Adigun and Femi Adifeso were guests. Uh, to talk about Nigerians abroad who were drafted, uh, and as well as the uh, football, the, the sport minister, I beg your pardon. So um, it, it's interesting that we have quite a number of Nigerians out there doing uh, good stuffs, putting Nigeria on the map, uh, on the right radar. Uh, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Well, as you just said, that there are Nigerians that are putting Nigeria on the map, and in the right radar, we also know that there are some who are not putting Nigeria under the right radar and uh, potentially damaging the, uh, the uh, what's it called now, the image of the country. So let's get into it. So today we'll be talking about transfers, trials, and what players should look for and guide against. So let me put a scenario to Amos very quickly. So. Uh, when I just got out of, of, of banking and I just did my, uh, my football agents, agents course and you know, I, I wanted to become an agent. This is in 2015. So I partnered with, uh, with another guy who was on that course with shout out to uh, Sports Manager Worldwide. And of course, um, um, to a colleague of mine as well was also on, on, on that course, um, he, he formed a company called Noel Intermediaries, but you know how these things are. So we came together, did a screening in Lagos, brought in a, a scout from Ukraine and the Netherlands. So you had five, hundreds of players show up at the National Stadium, you know, for us to see what they could do. Now, I'll ask you this, Amos. We had a guy who had a letter from a Nigerian football club, an MPFL team, saying that he, he has the rights to negotiate transfers on their behalf. I'm not going to mention the name of the club. And he's going around with, you know, a letter like this, you know, showing young people. And this guy doesn't have a agent's license, so a registered agent, you know, but he has this letter on the letterhead of an MPFL team. Now, there's no way to um, verify the authenticity of this letter, but it's going around with a letter like that. These are some of the things that we see. How do young people, you know, navigate issues like this? Um, so, 
first of uh, we need to talk a little bit about the system uh, that we operate in Nigeria in terms of um, the nomenclature of the game in our country and how it is governed. Um, we are much more interested in competition rather than administration of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, we are much more interested in, oh, our player, our super egos is playing. Oh, we are somebody, some of our teams are representing Nigeria. They are playing in the, in the FIFA World Cup. They are playing in the AFCON. Uh, and we are less concerned about the organize about organizing the developmental phases. That is where these players who actually go ahead to represent the country or to play for big clubs. Uh, we 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 are less concerned. We're not paying much as much attention as to the production process. So that is why you can have a situation where someone will just come up with a letter and says, "Oh, I've been I'm licensed to represent you." I have the access to open doors and it will shock you that, that it's, it's either that letter was made up or the person is not even qualified. So what am I trying to say? What I'm saying is it is shocking that we have an unregulated system when it comes to um, being an agent in Nigeria. I myself can come out even if I don't have the right qualification right i can come up and say oh i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a licensed agent nobody's going to ask me for my license nobody's going to say oh what's your license number nobody's going to say where were you registered so we pay less attention to these things to this to this um of to these facts so what we what we should be doing is to ensure that and that's why fifa is taking bold steps to ensure that they, they carefully regulate the activities of football agents how much they earn the amount of influence they can have as to player transfers, what they can do when it comes to relating with both the player, the club, and then either representing a third party or something, you know? So there's a lot that needs to be done uh, by FIFA because FIFA has handed over powers to, um, FIFA has empowered the, the, the national associations, that is, such as the NFF, to be able to license and conduct examinations uh, for individuals who are intending to become agents, football agents. So the question now becomes, how does the ordinary young average Nigerian uh, be able to recognize that, hey, this is indeed a registered agent? You know, so it's, it's, a, it's a bit tough, but coupled with the fact that we have uh, players who are more, who are not really interested uh, in finding out these facts. You know, just a few players are interested in these things. You know, and it is quite unfortunate that a number of of young footballers have been deceived by many people who claim, many individuals who claim that they are agents and they claim to have certain contacts in 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 professional football clubs abroad. Let's say, not even in Nigeria right now abroad. You know, that's to show you the level at which these guys are willing to go just to rip people off. Okay, so now, this individual has a letter from a club in the NPFL saying that he can negotiate transfers on behalf of the club. So now, what stops that guy from approaching a player in that club through an unscrupulous agent abroad to negotiate a potential transfer of that young player. What stops him? Sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't get the question. Please, can okay. you say it again? I said, this individual that has this letter from this NPFL club, yes. stating that he can negotiate transfers on their behalf. Mm. Hmm? What stops mm -hmm. him from taking a player from that club mm -hmm. and taking him through any unscrupulous agent. Because the first problem for me is that no club should be issuing such letters, right? Yeah. To any individual. Now, unfortunately, we can't confirm if the letter is authentic or otherwise. Now, how does a young player, right, that comes in contact with such an individual, 
how does that young player navigate such a, a, a maze? Okay, so I think it still comes down um, to the kind of system that we operate. Take a look at, um, okay, let me, let me start from the fact that clubs, professional clubs should actually have in-house scouts that are staff of, of the clubs. that are working on behalf of the clubs, right? So these are individuals who have been appointed to act on their behalf. So what they basically do is to look for players. So that's the job of a scout. And then when it comes to um, agents claiming to have uh, a letter from a particular club, I find that very funny, right? So why is it that that same agent who claims to, just like your question goes, who claims to have um, a letter to represent that club cannot take a player from the same club and then ship them abroad, you know? So all these guys try to do is just to show to young stars that, oh, I've got the connection. So they, they practically claim that they have the right connection, the right relationship or the right network with people, with clubs at the top of the M, right? Mm -hmm. With clubs who are, who are playing in the top tier. And it, it would interest you that these guys, this, some of these agents actually do not have those, those connections. Because why should a club Give, issue a letter to an agent to say, oh, these agents can act on our behalf. What they would rather have are scouts. In, for a fact, agents who have players approach clubs to say, hey, I got this player and I'm presenting, presenting him to you. It is, I, I think this is happening the other way around now. Clubs mm -hmm. issuing letters to individuals to state that they can represent them. I, I think it's like the first time I am hearing it. Like, it's, well, it's so I saw, new. I saw it in 2015, my brother. I saw mm. it in 2015. So, <laughs> so. Okay, it's because of the kind of system that we run. Yeah, it's right? unfortunate. Nobody checks anything. It's yeah. unfortunate. Now, let me ask you this. So, I'm a young footballer. I'm playing in, 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 in Bariga. And somebody approaches me and says, ah, you're a very good player. I need to take you to Europe. And he says, okay, bring 350,000 Naira. I will use, I will help you get your, uh, what's it called? Your letter of invitation from the club. Um, I'll help you get a trial, help you get the visa and pay for tickets. Right? To go for yeah. said trial. How should that young footballer handle such a situation? So straight to the point, right? Um, it is even wrong to pay to play football. That's, that's, a, that's a very strong statement that every young footballer in Nigeria or around Africa must understand. You don't, play to, you don't pay to play football. If you are a top talent, if you're talented, scouts, agents will be willing to sign you up for a club or sign you up with a club just because they understand that. And this is how real agents operate, right? Oh, they find you as a talent. They are willing to invest in you. They are willing to spend their last card on you just because they understand that if this boy goes ahead to become a Neymar of this world or to become a Cristiano Ronaldo in the future, I, I, I cash out, right? So it becomes like my investment is on you. I want, to, I want you to get wherever you will get to. So for some of these agents that ask young stars to pay, what they are doing is to just traffic these young ones. Now, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to take a cue from a book I read, uh, Magic System, African Footballers, um, and modern slip trade, right? The book is written, it was written by uh, Christopher uh, Sage, so, and, and, and another journalist. So he, he categorized players into three basic categories, talented player, average player, and untalented player. Mm. Ordinarily, the talented players will be scouted at their tender ages. They will be scouted wherever they are 
somebody, everybody will be interested in them. Because it's like a light that cannot be dimmed. It's like when you see the star above, it can't hide. Right? Everybody would want to work with that, with that talent. That's for the talented player. And then for the average player and the untalented, these are the most people who are trying, these are most of the people who are trying to get abroad by force. These are some of the people that are trying to jet out, are trying to escape by force. So these ones see uh, football as an opportunity to jet out. They see football as an opportunity to escape from the problems or maybe from the economic situations of Nigeria. So they go every mile. They go to the last resort to ensure that they provide funds to foot those journeys. And most of those journeys often end in tears. That's the reality. The reality is that most of these journeys often end in tears. You know, so the, the, the truth is any young star that comes across anybody asking him to make a payment just for him to secure a tryout somewhere or to help him secure a visa to, to uh, another country, destination country, it is, it is just uncalled for. Don't make any payment to play football. Rather, the agent should be the one investing in investing you. Investing in you, exactly. That's the right Yes, word. the agent should be the one investing in you. You shouldn't make any payment. Why are you paying? Clubs don't ask anybody to pay. There are lots of, of, of um, posts that we've made, lots of resources that we've put online for young footballers who've been asked to pay. I mean, uh, sometime, I think about two months ago, Fifth Pro shared a list of some agents who have been confirmed as frosters. Mm. Uh, they've actually perpetrated uh, their trade in Africa and they've advanced to the UK. Oh, so please, I, I need now, to please send me that list. <laughs> now, I'm going, I'm going to share the, the, the list with you. So these guys are somewhere, probably in Russia, somewhere maybe, you know, you, you never can tell where these guys are, or in Ukraine. And they, they go ahead to forge a document mm. of a club in Ukraine and say, oh, this club is inviting you, but you would have to pay 1,000 pounds or you have to pay 2,000 pounds or 300,000 Naira to be able to participate in the next trial that is happening in sometime, they can, they can say sometime in January, right? But trust me, no football club will be interested in a young star that is talented and ask him to pay. Okay. So why should I make a payment? So what we also need to understand is that some of these guys, they just claim to have the network that they say they have. They don't have it. Mm. And how they appear most times is they either come to you while you're training. And what you should then do is talk to your coach. You will be shocked that these young stars would act in solitary. They won't tell anybody. They won't, tell, they won't discuss it with anybody. Because the agents will say, hey, don't tell anybody about it. Let's just do it quietly so that when you travel so that it don't seem as if somebody is doing you from your village. Or maybe there's, there's a juju, you know, so they don't spoil your chances. You know, they try to color it, right? So the boy keeps quiet and then he doesn't discuss it with his club manager or his club management or his coach. And then he makes payment and then there's a problem. So you get to find out when there's problem. You don't find out from the beginning because most of them wouldn't come to you from the beginning. We've had a couple of young stars come to us uh, one from Ghana and then about a few from Nigeria, you know, they asked this young kid to pay. And he said, oh, I, come, I came across your post on Facebook. I want you to help me confirm this invitation if it is from this club. You know, clubs from Australia, clubs from um, Bangladesh. Why should I go to Australia where I am going to go and play for an academy? The name of the club, you'll be shocked that some of these clubs are not even professional clubs. They don't play in the top tier. They don't play in, in the first division. They don't play in the third division. They actually play in the semi-pro. Mm. But just because these young ones are not willing to make extra effort, they're not willing to go the extra mile to verify some of these claims by these agents. You know, we, we, we just need to be careful uh, with agents and how we deal with them. But what we would advise from Footballers Connect or from Amos myself, what I would advise is if you get an email or you get a message or you, you get approached by anybody, first of all, talk to your coach. Talk to your team management. Seek advice 
of people who are knowledgeable in the football business. You can talk to footballers connect would, would gladly help you verify these things. And these are part of the support that we want to, or that we are already offering to young stars on the continent of Africa, not mm. just in Nigeria alone. Mm. Okay, so Amos, um, nicely said, but this is my this is my major concern. So, um, knowing the typical Nigerian mentality and the fact that we are very very, you know, short term in our thinking, uh, I think I wrote a piece about how the industry has refused to grow because of the short-sighted nature of the so-called uh, agents in the industry. So what you're telling me now is that the ideal thing is for me, as an agent, if I am an agent, to approach a young player and say, oh, I like what you're doing. I would love to represent you. And then I would then go ahead, right, and look for a club that will be interested in the talents of this young man. Mm -hmm. Right? And mm -hmm. the club can now say, okay, we like what we see. Can we come for a trial? Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So at the point of wanting to go for a trial, now this is a very critical question. Who pays for the logistics? So um, ordinarily, right, when an agent is interested in marketing a player, yeah. right, uh, some professional clubs would ordinarily foot the bill. Say, some, oh, some, not all. Yes, some. Uh, I say some because most clubs, especially the ones that are not top tier clubs, mm. um, they want to see the player. Mm -hmm. They are like, oh, you. Let me take it again. So most of the top tier professional clubs uh, often make provisions for flight tickets. Um, they would also provide supporting documents uh, to ensure that the player is issued visas and all. But they don't have the overall say. They don't have the say. Embassies decide anyway. But yeah. they would ensure that they provide you uh, the, the supporting documents. So how this agent is supposed to act when the club, because some clubs in Europe, maybe Asia and some other places that are not top tier, they will because just because of the way they've been treated in the past, some of them will say, Oh, bring the player and then we will refund every cost incurred. Right? Mm -hmm. So it is very possible for clubs, for some clubs to even say that uh we're not gonna pay anything, just bring the player, let us see him. Once we see the player, he gets his appearance fee. He gets everything that he's supposed to get, the, the money for the ticket. But you don't expect the player to be the one to foot his own bill. What you would ordinarily expect is that the agent who is investing in the boy, in the player, foots the bill. Because ultimately, he would be benefiting from the sign-on fees, the transfer fee and all. You know, he gets a, part, a percentage from... The entire fee, you know, so it's a business for the agent. So you don't try to help the agent by paying for your own ticket just because you're desperate to travel. Mm. But I mean, we have some, some guys who are not really registered agents, but somehow, and I'm, and I'm saying, this, I'm, I'm coming down to our Nigerian typical situation now. Mm. I've seen players who were moved out of Nigeria who are not agents. They were not moved by football agents, registered football agents. But because they've got, they probably wrote to the club and then sent the video to the club and the club got interested. And they're like, oh, let's send this player down. But the guy doesn't have money to foot the bill. So mm -hmm. somehow, so what the, 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 the responsibility of the player is to ensure that the deal is genuine. Mm -hmm. That is the only problem here. Just authenticate. Just make sure that you get you confirm the authenticity of this invitation. How do and you confirm you the invitation? How do you confirm? So, um, most clubs respond to calls. They respond to emails. Um, if only we would take time 
to confirm to if the emails that we see to do our due diligence to confirm if the phone numbers if the emails are the real ones for the club hmm. so it takes some time to be able to verify these things because sometimes you will send a message to the clubs and they don't respond which is uh, some of the routes that we also employ to ensure that we confirm uh, some of these documents but you know just because these guys don't they don't take time they don't they, they're excited oh i've got an invitation and then the next thing they start doing is they start rallying for money they start talking to their family members who go ahead to sell their farmlands uh sell a house sell a property sell their car just to just to raise some money but rather than do due diligence first but they just swing into action by trying to uh, raise funds just so that they don't they don't lose down they don't lose the opportunity but the truth is there are ways that these things can be confirmed don't get too excited when you see invitation letters don't get too excited when you see a club say oh we're interested in the player oh this is the supporting these are the supporting documents you can go to the embassy but you will get to find out if it is fake or original when anybody asks you to pay there's something wrong with that process mm. once there is an issue of making payment there is something wrong with the process the process is not smooth it shouldn't be um, Oremos, Oremos, yeah. let's look at it this way. Um, the young Nigerian boy is obviously majority of those that play football are obviously on the you know the lower scale of the economy in terms yeah. of uh, you know yeah. they probably belong to the I don't want to use the word poor but I've said poor anyway majority have a poor background you know so. Also, the typical Nigerian mentality, as an agent, I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, oh, so I'm going to com commit about half a million naira into this boy going abroad for a trial. What if he fails? Hmm? How do I recoup my money? I think, this is my opinion, I think that for us to regulate the industry, we have to have an industry that is working locally. What I mean by locally is that, so if I represent a player today, and the player signs for Remo Stars or MFM or Bagada, right? At the point of negotiating the deal, I, am earn, I start earning from his salary, which is the normal thing, right? I earn my commission from yes. his salary, from whatever deal he signs with the clubs I've mentioned. I think we need to develop that domestic transfer system, which for me really doesn't exist, if, if we're being sincere, right? When we have that, you have a lot of, you have a lot of young guys entering the industry to represent players, Growing, so if you're earning the odd 50,000, so for instance, a player earns 100,000 uh, a month, and I think the max you can get, the max, even though the max, according to the regulation, is between 3 to 5%, but I do know that yeah. in some instances, some earn as high as 10% in terms of commission. So, very true. If I'm getting 10% of the guy's salary, that's 10,000 naira. Mm -hmm. If I represent 10 other boys like that, that is 100,000 naira a month as their agent. Right? Yeah. But I think the problem is our yes. guys are not ready to pay somebody to be playing locally. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think they are ready, and I don't think the clubs yes, are willing to be paying somebody, one guy saying he's the agent. They'll be paying him because the club are supposed to pay the agent via his via their player's salary. So they're supposed to deduct from the player's salary and pay the agent, or either monthly or pay upfront. Some clubs pay the full agency fee for the duration of the contract upfront, and they know they don't owe the agent anymore. Yes. So I think we need to grow that industry domestically before we start talking about. Bunch up. So that way, 
the young agents here have earned a living that they're able to provide proper representation mm. when it now comes to going to Europe. You get. Yeah. So for me, yeah. I'm going to invest 500,000 on a boy that I am not sure will pass the trial <laughs> or sign the deal. Do you understand? So I'm not saying to myself, ha, 500,000, forgive me, those who probably don't, who are listening to this podcast, who don't understand Yoruba, but I'm saying 500,000 goes down the drain and this boy doesn't pass the trial. What do I do? So I think that is why you have a relationship where the agents, quote unquote, expect the young man to also, you know, put some blood, you know, into the venture. So when you know that you, are, you have some money in that venture, you, you will try your best not to fail the trial. I don't know if you agree with me. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it, it gets a bit complex um, when you try to look at what goes on currently in our league system. Um, so it's not, properly, it's not properly regulated, right? Uh, even clubs don't, don't assume the, the necessary responsibilities, the responsibilities that is on their, their own responsibilities. Uh, so it becomes very difficult to be able to look at it critically. So but for, for, for Nigerian players back home, um, I mean, I listened to Enyama during the 90 minutes virtual um, hangouts organized by OJB uh, some weeks back. So Enyama said he was determined to play locally, right? He was determined to, first of all, because he knew that, oh, it was going to happen for him at some point. And then he committed himself to it and said, okay, I'm going to try to play locally first before I jet out. So the kind of mindset that our players have, you know, sometimes we, we, we heap blames on agents, agents, agents. Yeah, the players have the players? Players? Yeah, they have the Yes, the players equally have their own responsibilities. The clubs equally have their own responsibilities. Imagine representing a player and then the agent, the, 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 the club does not want to uh, commit to paying my commission. You know, it discourages me. Then yeah. it makes me start behaving like, like a vulture looking for whom to divorce. You know, I, mm. I, I start looking for um, young stars that I, I can recoup my money from. You know, it's just the entire system. Something is wrong with the whole system. I mean, what we can do, the ultimate solution is to ensure that we have a vibrant league system where all the top clubs, all the top tier clubs have academies they have um, retainers with young with academies wherever they are. It could be yeah. in the same city. It could be somewhere yeah. else in the city, uh, in the, in, the, in the country. You know, just have a, a partnership with some academies. Oh, and then you have a direct funnel that that continues that continues to provide young players to the, to your to your um to your to your bench. You know, so until when we start having such a system, but it's a bit difficult. Just because we don't have enough investment in some of these clubs, just because some of these clubs are not able to maintain or sustain it, you know, the rea the current reality is that the government currently foots the bill for about ninety five percent of the clubs. Or I mean, yeah. it becomes difficult to influence, you know. So what the the agents would naturally do is to try to look for ways to get their money back. But trust me, no agent relies on just one player. There is no agent in this world that says, oh, I have just this one player, I am fine. What if the player gets injured? What yeah, if the I player think, does not pass his But I think another thing Nigerians just need to understand is that if you take a look at people like Milo Riola and uh, exactly. defendants who signed some of these players really young. Yes. And had to wait. And you nurture them. Yes. Had to wait for a while. Had to wait. But that, and that's why I said that. I think I wrote something yes. to Buffix NG that the, the nature of the industry is quite short termish. That exactly. They just want to make the money now and move on. Quick cash. Quick that cash. Everybody wants quick cash. And I think it affects the industry as a whole. 
even yes. up to the yes. top. Because I, I, I gave an example that, okay, Bagana FC plays in Bagana. There are a few grassroots teams in that Bagana axis. What stops Bagana FC from seeing a boy playing in a, a, there's one place they call, in you know, they call a Papa. And this is yeah. the boy in Papa, and oh, we like this boy. They go to the academy, and they say, oh, we want to sign this boy. The problem so now- talking, That's what we're talking about. Yeah, the problem <laughs> now goes both ways. Now, when Bagada yes. goes to this academy, we like this boy, we want to sign him. Bagada, and I'm not saying this is what Bagada SC does, Bagada SC is a team that is very close to my heart. They go to these guys and they say, instead of saying we want to buy the player, they will say loan us the player. Mm. Now, I think that system heals the ecosystem. Now, if Bagada goes to the club, and also the clubs, the academies, need to have what I call, uh, they need to, how do I put it, is it reduce their expectation, you know, limit yeah. their expectation. So because you have this one player, and we also need to probably educate a lot of young players that not everybody will play in Europe. Very true. Something that we don't drum into the ears of a lot of our players, that not everybody will play in Europe. But you can make a decent career playing on the local scene. And there are a lot of examples out there that we can mention. Victor Seji is one. God rest, Chiriju uh, Doji is another one. Had a really decent career locally. God rest is so. Um, There's Rabi Ali. Rabi Ali. Ahmed Musa. They had locally, local experience, and then before they moved ahead. So, my scenario is so, Bagana goes to this academy and says, okay, we'll give you 200,000 for this boy. Now, the club needs to have a bit of a futuristic outlook. I say, okay, this boy has huge potential. And they tell Bagana, no problem, bring the 200,000. And they sell the boy to Bagana. But they tell Bagana, look, we put a 5% sell-on clause on this transaction. So if this boy leaves Bagana FC to anywhere, even if he's moving from Bagana FC to Imba, we're entitled to 5% of that transfer fee. Now, the deal is done. The boy, plays, boy signs a three-year deal with Bagana FC, goes to Bagana, plays one year, and somehow, Aiba see him and they're like, oh, this boy is good. And they tell Bagara, ah, we want him. Now, the problem is, instead of the MPFL club to say, even though a lot of our people claim that, yes, transfer fees are paid across them, but, you know, this information is very, uh, is like a, it's just a trade secret. So yeah. if Bagara says, okay, Aiba, bring five million for this boy. It's a huge prospect. This is what he had. And then I said, oh, fine, we paid five million. So they paid five million. The young men at the academy in, in Papa collect 5% of that boy's transfer fee. 5% of his transfer fee is 250,000 naira. So they earn mm -hmm. another 250,000 naira on this boy's head one year after. Right? The guy goes to play for Aiba. At the time of signing the deal with Aiba, Bagada had to put a 10% sell-on clause on the boy's transaction and say, if you, are, if you sell this boy, his next move will get 10% of the transfer fee. Right? What this does, in essence, is yeah. money is flowing through the system. Across, right? yeah. Money is flowing through the ecosystem. Yes. Now, if the boy goes to Europe, from Aimba, for some reason, by able to sell it for a hundred thousand dollars. Another pocket ten thousand dollars easy. Now, let's say this boy is under 23 when all the time he's made this move, then goes to Europe. And of course, Aimba, although if they're smart, puts a sell-on clause on the boy's deal. Right? Now, at the time the boy is making another move in Europe, training compensation. Uh, solidarity payments without trickle down. 
to everybody that has been in the, involved in the process of developing this player. So money is still going to trickle down as this boy is making an advancement in his career into all the clubs. So from Eniba to Bagada FC to the academy at Papa. But why is it that we don't think about it this way? Instead, the academy will say, Bagada, we loan you the player. And when Bagada collects the player, they pay his salary. Then the academy will come one day and tell Bagada, ah, the boy has trial in Sweden. Bagada is paying the salary. <laughs> He now ups and leaves and goes to Sweden to do trial. Where how does Bagada recoup the investment they made in salaries that they've been paying the boy? I think that is one area we need to resolve in our industry. Yeah, very, very correct. Honestly, you um, you've carefully explained how it works, but the the bitter truth is that most academies um, don't want to, they don't understand how the system works. I was privileged to attend uh, a, a webinar uh, where the man in charge of, um, I think his name is Sanusi now, is in charge of uh, DTMS, is in charge of transfer management system yeah. at the NFF. So he was the guest. I mean, it was one webinar organized by uh, 360 Football Club chairman, president, uh, Akim. So, you know, he carefully explained how the system works. Who, who owns the player? Uh, at what point can you pay the player's salary? Oh, which club, what kind of contract can you give to the player if he plays for, uh, if I loan him to Bagada or if I, if I give him up to Bagada? But the clubs are greedy. Some of these clubs are greedy. They don't understand how the system works. And it's because they don't trust themselves. And because they feel like, oh, no, he's my player. Let me be the one to take him abroad. Now, let me paint this scenario. I know a player that was taken to one of the, one of, one of the thriving academies in Lagos uh, by a young man. Uh, the, boy, the, the, the boy was doing well. And then the club said, oh, we have an offer for him from somewhere in Europe. Uh, so we need to go and meet the original club that owns the player that loaned him to us then it became a problem you know this boy ended up getting there late you know everything was just messed up and i'm like what is the problem why can't you guys just have an understanding and i feel like the nff has a responsibility through the fa's the local fa's the the, the lagos fa the state fa's now try they should try as much as possible to organize conferences where all these academies, academy owners are enlightened on the basic principles. Are they, the are they ready system, to do how it works in football? Are they ready to let, let's let's turn, let's call a speedy speed. The way the NFF <laughs> is structured today, development is mm. not part of their problem. It's not under their profit. They are not they are, they are not bothered about that fees. All remember, they want, remember, I started, <laughs> all remember they want, I started by saying that yeah, we're only, we only interested in football, in, in playing football. We're not interested in competition. All they yes. want is this boy. His name is Kiliko Kiliko Adesoya. He's in England. Oh, he has Nigerian players. The NFL president gets on a plane and he goes oh, and takes pictures. Come and play for Nigeria. Come and play for Nigeria. That is that. The boy you are inviting to come and play for Nigeria, do you know how he grew up? Uh -huh. No. I, so, I mean, I, I, have, I was privileged to speak with Sheyi Olofinjano someday, uh, I think during the pandemic, and then we, we had a very good talk on, on Instagram Live, one of our live sessions. And he said, today, we're all over looking for players who were groomed abroad, who were born abroad. Do we know how this... Exactly, do we know about them? We only Malmo, and then you want them to come and play for Nigeria. Your own players back home. Hmm. 
you know, it, it, I it's, know. Can you hear me? Quite, it's quite unfortunate. Yes, I can hear you. It's, it's, it's quite unfortunate yes. that we are not particularly concerned about it. Like, for instance, see what happened with the Nat 21 team. They were, they were destined to fail, you know. So mm. I'm not surprised. Mm. How, how do you put together a team in less than one month? You appointed the, the Something coach, is like, wrong. You know, something <laughs> has to be wrong somewhere. But, but you see, because we, we, we live in a country where we've gotten away with these things, so many times, so we believe uh, maybe somebody done before. Then I think we need to come to a point where even the coaches need to grow some balls and be able to say, No, I don't want this job. This job you are appointing me for. Exactly. I'm going want to, to set me up to fail. Exactly. You are setting exactly. me up to fail. <laughs> these coaches are also hungry. Right? They need the money. They, need they the take money. the job. <laughs> Some of them mm. are led to collect bribe. You know? Mm. Already, there are stories coming out that during the campaign of this under 21, the agents and scouts were all around the camp. You as know? usual. That's as usual. As that, usual. That's no news. But you see, <laughs> if, you have, if you have a system, if you have a structure in place, these things won't happen. And I always go back to one thing. I say, the NFF continues to shout, oh, we have under 13s, we have under 15. What are you doing with them? Very good question. So I was about saying that, now, what happens to our progression? We had under 17 at some point, right? Yeah. Where, are the, where, where, where are the boys? What has exactly. happened to them? Where are the boys? Naturally, these boys should graduate from under 17 to under 20. If they are well engaged, during this process, right? So from under 17, oh, some of them have gone ahead to sign for professional clubs out of Nigeria. Where are the rest? And then what you then need to do is to look for ones, yeah. right? But, I mean, we just like the fire brigade approach. We've not changed. Nothing has changed in Nigeria. No, all we, do is just, all we do is just say, hey, I mean, this boy, you know, which age do your passport? Now play for anybody before. <laughs> Oh, okay, twenty, nineteen. Okay, come, you know, because there's there are some alleged controversies that happen with some players that the they had to go get new passports because you the find out on their passport <laughs> so that they're older than that, and because they haven't played at that level before, we are bringing mm. them down. And when we kill, so I, I'm saying the next time I'm in the studio with Shiakumi or Pinnick or any one of them. And they mentioned that they're under 13 or under 15. I'll tell them, okay, stop telling us about this thing. Because we can't see any progression. Those under 13s and under 15, are they part of this? Where are they? Are they part of the conveyor belt? That yes, when they were going they? to screen under 17, they called almost 1,000 players in Abuja. See people. What do you mean? Why, you, why would you call 1,000 players to come to Abuja? How do you get the best? You know, so so there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done, you know, to clean up the system, right? And also, and and, I, and I'm gonna use my personal experience. I mean, the yeah, I'm gonna use my personal experience as a guide for anybody who wants to be an agent. You know, in 2015, after I left the bank, I wanted to you know, really going to this agency thing, 100%. But when I got in and I saw what was going on, I said, no, I won't be able to do this thing the way I want to do it. I need to set myself up differently. I need to be able to invest in my clients. Yes. You know, I see my, my, yes. that my guy that was in class, you know, there are instances when he was discussing with me, oh, there's this good boy, ah, who's going to pay? Can he pay this amount to join this academy? Because some of those academies in Europe, you need to pay to be in that academy. You know? Yes. And it was, yes. can the guy pay? And I'm like, oh, God, but you want to be his agent. That should also be part of your investment. So, ah, no, I have to pay $5,000 for one boy. Well, I don't know whether <laughs> the boy will make up. You understand? <laughs> so it was one of the reasons why I moved back. You know? I think another thing we need to talk about is, why is it that young players sign? Now, two things. Some don't sign any deals with anybody, but they tell you, I get one chairman. Hmm? 
Another set will sign with two mm. agents. So it's whoever comes with the deal first. That yes. Why yes. do you do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going I'm to give myself as an example, right? Um, I grew up wanting to play football as well. Uh, at some point, I thought I was going to play professional. Um, grew up through the ranks, Pepsi Football Academy. Uh, should have traveled to France, playing for Lens, you know, but there were stories. So that's by the way. So I, I typically, I understand the typical problem of an average Nigerian, right? Nigerian footballer. Now, there are people, they talk, the problem with footballers is that we talk to a lot of people. Mm. Oh, ah, one boy has traveled. Oh, hey, somebody came and took him to uh, Kaduna and then he passed trial. So, ah, introduce me to that player now. Introduce me to that man, you know. So, there are too much connections. To, oh, everybody's talking to. And you'll be shocked that all the agents in Nigeria right now, all football agents in Nigeria right now, they have a clique, right? Mm. Especially in Lagos. If you find football agents and you talk about any player in well-known academies in Nigeria, in Lagos, they will tell you, oh, I know that player. I've seen him. And you'll be shocked that the player himself has sent him his videos. Sent, and you're like, what's going on? So someone called me. Um, I haven't watched uh, one of our sessions online. And then he reached out to me. He said, oh, that he's in South Africa, that he, he would like to work with Nigerian players. He's a Nigerian that that is based in South Africa, but it doesn't like the fact that the way many young footballers talk to different agents and that's why he doesn't deal with Nigerian players. He, he prefers to stay in South Africa and deal with East African East African players. So I said, okay, I'm going to introduce you to a boy that I, I like so much. He's close to me. Okay, let's see how we can work with this boy. I mean, I was shocked someday that the boy was talking to somebody else that knows the agent, and then we were talking to somebody else. I'm like, boy, what is your problem? I had to go to him and say, what exactly is your problem? What do you want? But the problem, the root of the problem is that our academies don't have a grip on their player. Mm. They don't have a grip on their players. So that's why I mentioned earlier that some of these academies don't even understand the business side of the game. They don't even understand how, what kind of contracts these young players can have with them. Yeah. They don't even understand how they can own the player. They don't even understand that. And the truth is, the player has a right to go wherever he wants to go to. That is what uh, Mr. Sanusi said that day. He said, hey, the player, Jibril, his name is Jibril. Yeah, he, he said, these players have a right to sign for any, to go for any club they want to go to. They are not slaves, in his words. Players mm -hmm. are not slaves. They can go to anywhere they, go, they want to go to. But the problem is that they go ahead to sign for one manager, sign for this one, sign for that one, and then when they, when somebody brings a deal, there's a problem. When a, when an agent that is genuine, that has his real interest at heart, comes up with, oh, I have a contract for you from um, from Egypt. Oh, they're going to pay you X, Y, Z amount. And he says, ah, Oga, you be like, say, you go talk to one of my chairman. And, and then you're like, what is going on here? But you told me you don't have any contract with anybody. That is the irony that we are left with. You know, once our clubs, our academies are able to have a grip on their players, and this all comes to the responsibility of our administrators. Hey, all players should be duly registered with, the, with their academies. You, you, you don't go to a club like maybe Ajax Academy, and then you say uh, you want to, and then you find all this funny mess. It, it won't work, right? It won't work. It doesn't work that way in those kind of systems. Or maybe an academy that is not even uh, associated with a professional club in Europe. You know, they, they have registrations, proper registrations. If anybody is interested in the player, they go directly to the, to the club and then they talk to the club. So young players have to understand that you cannot go ahead and start talking to A, B, C, D. Yeah. Just to move your career forward. If it's not, that is not your responsibility. If you are good your responsibility is to play football. My own, yes. If you are good enough somebody will pick you up. As long as you have not messed up at any point. If you are good enough, That's it. somebody That's will it. say, guy, I will invest in you. As long as you have not I gone I to, to mess up yeah. at any point. Go on. 
No, go on. So I listened to the story of how Osime was was picked by box to box, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, some the, Osime and his team came to play at the national stadium, and the owners of box to box saw him and like, oh, I like this player, and then they took him to national team under seventeen, and that was the end. <laughs> that was the beginning of his success. Wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. hold on, hold on, outrightly... hold on. They took. They took him from his club. Did they sign yeah. him from that club? Or, he, or he just and left that club to move to box to box and then from I, box to box. I, I mean, I think, I think there was an understanding. That's part of the problem. Right. There was an understanding. understanding between them. Yes. Okay. Right. That understanding is part of the problem. On so, the, <laughs> on the final note, Demos, you know, um, let me ask you this. So if you if you're advising any young player today, what are the five things that you tell the boy to look out for? In an agent and in a trial invitation. So these things are simple, right? Um, first off, once an agent comes to you and says, Oh, I have an I have a trial for you, but you will have to pay XYZ amount. Wrong. Just see it as a scam. That's number one. It is scam. You're not supposed to pay to play football. And then number two, take a look at the contracts, at the invitation letter. Demand to see the invitation letter. First, don't even try to don't even try to understand every if you if you don't understand it don't don't force don't be don't try to understand it take it to people who are already in football in the system probably people who play professional or organizations or your managers or your coach or your uncles who are learned let them take a look at the words you will surely find grammatical errors in mm. those letters mm. you will find errors well, that's yeah, true. Often, that's actually true. The letter that I said I saw in 2015 <laughs> was written with a lot of grammatical errors. That 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 that's it. this thing is fake. You just it just it just gives you gives you an insight that, that oh, trust me, this thing doesn't work like this, right? So, and then another thing is, you'll be asked not to inform anybody that yeah. you're traveling. <laughs> that oh, there is an opportunity for you. Yes, nice. that, so oh, don't, don't inform yeah. anybody. So your village yes. won't track you so down. Be a secret. So that your village won't track you down. It's a lie. It's a lie. There's no village people tracking you down. If they don't want you to tell anybody, tell them to come and meet with your management, with your club management. Right? So also look at the email address and the phone number mm. on that invitation letter. Mm. Go online, search for the club, make sure that it tallies with what you have on that paper. Mm. Make sure that the phone number and the email address tallies with what you have on that paper. Never agree to anything that is not written in English. Mm. Mm. Sometimes these things are written in Russian languages, in Spanish, in, you know, just to, they just try to cook up something. Some are even written in Arabic. Mm. And, and then you just, oh, I agree, oh, I have an invitation. Do you know if, you're, if you're, let's say your name is Taufik and the name written there is Henry, how do you know? Mm. <laughs> because, you're, because everything is written in Arabic. Arabic. Right. Another thing is you need to be sure that that agent is verifiable. Yeah. Do you have his, his who are his network? Do you know him with anybody? Do you know him with any of his? Do you know any of his family? Do you know any of his friends? Do you know where he lives? Where does he live? Like. You don't deal with people 
just because they, they took picture with JJ Okocha some years back. <laughs> they took picture with Kano Wanko. And they post on social media. Now the package right? is that, man. That is just packaging. They're just trying to be look attractive to you. They're just trying to paint themselves as, oh, we have the right network. We move with the right clique. We have the right players. You know, we, I, I, I move with the best players in the world. You know, so these are some of the things that you should look out for. Um, they are very simple, yet very important. Hmm. They can save you a couple of thousands, right? They can save you millions. I have friends. I have friends that when I started, when I after my uh, service year, when I came back to Lagos from Akure, um, I joined the club. Um, the club today is one of the most successful. Uh, in, in Lagos, they are one of the clubs that are churning out players here and there, uh, that are signing professional contracts. You know, they've done their, they've paid their dues, right? So it's time for them to reap their harvest. So um, many of the old guys got themselves into hot water. I'm just going to share this and conclude, right? They, they went to Taj Tajikistan. Hmm. They got to the airport. They flew from Nigeria. They got to the airport in Tajikistan and they re returned them back. Mm. This is this was f as far back as uh, twenty early, like let's. I think it was 20, 20, 2011 or 20, 2012. And then when I heard the story, like that's why that's one of the reasons why I set up um, Footballers Connect. Like I've had this in my head all along, right? That education is so important education is very important nobody would come to me with such a deal and i would agree mm. because what they painted to these guys was that oh a club was interested in them they were like a team why should i even go to tajikistan what kind of football do they play in tajikistan hmm. is tajikistan you is, <laughs> you know these these are some of the things that you find every day nigerians are ready to go anywhere Nigerians just want to jet out. You'll be shocked that you go to Morocco, you go to Cameroon, you find Nigerians on the street. You, you know, just because home is not home to us, you know, just because things are not better back home. But where you're going to, you know, like they say, the, the, the grass is often greener on the other um, side. Yes, yeah, true. Until you get there. <laughs> when you get there, you realize that, man, this is... A friend was telling me about a kid in Russia. He can't even feed. I'm looking to see what I can do to assist the young kid, you know. We're trying to see we're trying to see what we can do, um, to see how we can bring him back if he wants to come back to Nigeria. But I mean, you can you can't force things. You know, he regrets today that he left for Russia. Hmm. And you cannot continue to live in such a place as an illegal immigrant. As an illegal migrant, you, you can't live in those. Like, I, I'll share a story of uh, Samueleto as well. Samueleto was also an undocumented yeah. migrant at some point, right? Yeah. Today, he's successful. You know, so what, what you just have to do is come back home. Samueleto returned to Cameroon. He went mm. to France. When he got to France at first, he, because he had a short visit on his visa. His visa expired. He was ignored by PSG. He was ignored by top clubs. Not that he couldn't play football, but because they were not ready to do all the paperwork and then start looking for one young player up and down. You know, he had to return back to... After 10 months, he returned back to Cameroon. And then went back again. He couldn't pass trials at Le Havre. I've said it wasn't good enough. About four, eight, about four scouts said it wasn't good enough. And then he returned back to Cameroon again until somebody saw him and took him to Bas uh, to Real Madrid. Uh, to Real Madrid. Yeah. Yes. When Real Madrid signed him on and then he moved to uh, Mallorca from there. And that's where the story changed for him. Yeah. You know, we just have to be patient. If Samuel Eto was not patient, his story might not have been that of a king that it is today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the lesson that we should all learn. All young players, you need to be very patient. Be patient and trust the process. If you're good enough, somebody will scout you. Imagine going back to Cameroon the second time for Cameroon, for, for Samuel Leto, and then from there, he went straight to Real Madrid. 
there is no other miracle that you'll be looking for. So it tells you that there is still light at the end of the tunnel. There can still yeah. be light at the end of the tunnel. Something can still happen. If you are ready to do things the right way. Exactly. I think that's exactly. the, that is the right way to conclude uh, this episode of Night and Extra with Amos Joseph. Amos, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as always, very enlightening to speak about the issues uh, surrounding um, you know, transfers, trials of young players abroad and um, how to potentially better the system and the industry as a whole. Amos, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Have a lovely day. So you can follow us at 90 and extra on Twitter. You can follow me at gametm442. And also, um, you can also help, you know, to push this podcast by tipping me for, you know, doing this and just contributing something to the ministry. I'll be posting the tip link with the link to this podcast so you can help chip in something uh, to help continue pushing this content. Thank you and have a lovely day.